0: This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I am joined today by Jared Van Cleave, one of my dear friends, one of our elders here at Cornerstone. And Jared, I'm glad you're here with us. Welcome to the podcast, brother.
1: Hey, Mark. Thanks for having
0: me, man. So... Jared, I'm going to set up our time and kind of remind Equip podcast listeners of why we do these. It really is about getting to know some of the leaders who are here in the church. And sometimes in a big church like Cornerstone, commands like, obey your leaders, consider the outcome of their faith, follow their example, that can feel a little like distant because you're like, well, who are these people and what are they like? And so, Really, the podcast just gave us an opportunity to ask some questions, to spend some time getting to know you. And so we're just gonna to get to know Jared Van Cleve. This is the Jared Van Cleve podcast right now. So I wanna start it out with some background. Where are you from? What's your family like? How'd you come to know Christ? Give us some of the the Jared Van Cleve story.
1: Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Iowa, originally from Carlisle. Um Mom and dad were faithful uh, Christ followers, really first-generation Christ followers. Dad came to faith at 19. Uh, Mom was uh, in nurses training in Des Moines and came to faith. Um, They were involved. Actually, they were involved in a student ministry. It was kind of a a young couple's uh, ministry. And so that's where they got to know each other. And um, I have Uh, three siblings, uh, two older sisters and a younger brother. And so, and we were all actually born within five years. And so life got started pretty quick for my folks. My sister, my oldest sister was born uh, 10 months after their marriage. And so mom and dad were really just kind of figuring out, you know, what's it like to pursue Christ and have kids. And uh, we moved to Carlisle when I was five. And uh, we grew up on an acreage, a hobby farm, and it needed a lot of work. So just growing up in a situation where the house needed remodeled and a lot of cleanup in the land, that was kind of my upbringing and uh, really involved in great churches uh, throughout, uh, throughout my childhood. Um, Mom and dad really pursued the Lord and wanted church family to be primary in our uh, family life. So oftentimes we'd be the first to the church building, last to leave. You know, at one point we're even uh, janitors for the church building. Oh, wow. I remember being a kid, going in and, you know, vacuuming a huge church building and just not having a good attitude about that. But at the end of the day, we were serving and doing our part. And so even memories like that can come up and just really great youth groups, um, missions trips, um, yeah, I, you know, I just really praise God for my upbringing. And, and I knew I wanted to come to Iowa state. Um, when I graduated in 1998, I came to Iowa state and right away, I knew I wanted to get involved with the salt company and Cornerstone. And so the first week at Iowa state, uh, I went to, I went to a salt company and we actually met outdoors outside of Jocko's, which is the original place. Oh yeah.
0: Original salt location, which is yeah. now, is it Dunkin' Donuts now?
1: Yeah, it's behind Dunkin' Donuts. Behind yeah.
0: Dunkin', yeah.
1: I think one of the other ministries meets there now, but, um, but we, what was unique is it was outdoors in the parking lot. And, um, It was a sea of college students. I thought, what in the world? This is amazing. You know, bigger than any youth group that I'd ever been a part of or anything like that. And uh, Jeff Dodge was leading at that time and Paul Sabino, his first year of freshman group. And um, they had all the freshmen stand up and there was, I don't know, probably about 75 or 100 of us. And after Salt Company, uh, a group of about five or six freshman guys came over to me. And it was really the hand of God because I didn't really know anybody at Iowa State. I knew one guy from our church and he was an upperclassman. And uh, met these guys and literally they became my best friends all through college. And that was oh, the first amazing. week that first I first week. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, it was we... it was just a trajectory of of solid friendship and, and community. Um, that first week and God really set that up for me because he knew I needed that. And obviously that's so many of our college students realize that when they come to Iowa State. So
0: that's like a prayer we should pray for our kids, Jared. Is like God the first week, if they could just get some friends like that. I mean, just think of the incredible hand of God because you see you know, like you show me your friends, I'm gonna kind of show you your future. And somehow in God's kindness, those friends became I mean, a lot of ways, your future. And so, okay, I want to kind of walk the story forward here because you, you met your wife in Salt Company too. So talk to us a little about Steph. How'd you meet Steph? How long you guys been married and what's your family like now?
1: Yeah. So Stephanie's from Burlington, Iowa, and she did two years at a community college in Burlington before she came to Iowa State. So she actually came in 2000 as a junior. And so we were the same class. Uh, We actually had similar classes. We're both in the College of Business. Uh, She was finance, I was management. And and then we had some similar friends actually at Salt Company. And she got plugged into Salt Company right away too. And uh, we actually don't recall the first time we met, um, but we had a friend group and we started, you know, hanging out in that friend group. And again, I had some similar classes, but... That's how we got to know each other, and as we developed a friendship, uh, you know, finally one day I was like, "Man, this girl's—I want to get to know her. You know, I want to get to know her better—and—and and not just in our friend group, but exclusively. And uh, so we we started dating, and yeah, we dated for a year and got engaged, um, and we're engaged uh, for four and a half months, and then got married in two thousand three. So we'll be celebrating eighteen years this this summer in july so and
0: uh, how many now fast forwarded a day you got three girls mm-hmm. uh names ages yeah. and where yeah. are you kind of at stage of married life now
1: yeah so brenna's 13 uh lauren's 11 abby is nine um so i i laugh with people you know it's me and a bunch of ladies in my household and which is great uh i love my girls and and i um, so proud of them and and so, yeah, in, in life right now, we're, you know, busy with all the, the typical activities, family activities. Uh, Brenna just finished up some track and and Lauren's doing a little tumbling and Abby's doing soccer. And, you know, just life with that is is great. You know, we, Steph and I have tried to guard um, our time as family over the years and just had some really good counsel early in our marriage about, man, fighting for that family time. And so, yeah, we... We're, we're busy, but I think we're balanced. I think we try to, try to stay pretty balanced in our schedule and fight for even dinner times in the evenings uh, pretty consistently on that. So, hmm. yeah.
0: So, Jared, you are one of the people at Cornerstone who has a unique perspective because, so like for me, when I came to Cornerstone, this was 2012, early 2012. So I've been here about nine years, a little over nine years, Um. I entered into the new auditorium. I call it the new auditorium still, you know, because we have the South Auditorium. But you came in 98. And so you got to experience, like, Cornerstone, our first building was 1999. So you have lived lots of the life stages of Cornerstone as a member. Okay, so let's, let's talk through what was Cornerstone like in some of those stages. So, like, early Cornerstone, when you first came to it as a college student, were you guys even in the building? What was it like then?
1: Yeah, so Cornerstone started in ninety-four, as you know, but um so in ninety-eight, we were meeting in the old Ames Middle School, which is no longer there. Um and so yeah, we'd be parking along state and and uh families been walking in and we'd meet in the auditorium of the old middle school and, and child space is pretty minimal, right? And I think at that time we had a couple services going, a lot of college students attending. And there was clearly a need for space. And that's been that's been how we've grown over the years is as there's a need, we'll grow. It's not been build it and they will come. It's as there's a need, we're gonna go ahead and expand. Trust God that He'll provide and and so building campaign, you know, began, and we were able to get into the the first auditorium, now the South Auditorium, and pretty quickly that space was going to get tight, and we needed to add children's space, especially as a lot of young couples were coming, and young families, and um, so expanded into, you know, more space for, uh, for the kids. And again, just growth continued to happen, and God is faithful to draw people in, and I think primarily uh, what has not changed over the years, as as we've grown, uh, is our dedication to teaching the Bible and uh, authentic, compelling worship. And people want to have that; they want to experience that, and and get that uh, from church. So, so I think that's probably uh, what really drew people in was just that authentic community and mm-hmm. being able to be part of of something compelling like that. And Mm. I know what's for me, that's why we've stayed. Honestly, that's why we've stayed in Ames and put our roots down. It's because we want to be a part of that type of of gathering. Wow. So, okay, you
0: highlighted something like, okay, Bible doesn't change, worship doesn't change, community. But I have seen pictures of you, Jared, where you were a lead character in musicals. And so I want to unpack your musical career at Cornerstone just a little bit. And because some of us, like, I'm telling you, I have never seen a Cornerstone musical or production, but yet I hear, so what were those like? I mean, for people who haven't even seen them, just describe it.
1: Yeah, so... Um and so I, I sell real estate here in Ames, I meet a lot of people, and I still to this day will meet people and you know somehow Cornerstone will come up and oh I've been out to the dramas or the Christmas productions or whatever at Cornerstone. I remember those and and uh so there was a time, so when Paul and Jenny Sabino were here, and by the way, I just so appreciate Paul and Jenny. Actually Absolutely. Paul discipled me all through college. Um just such a rewarding time to meet with him weekly and, and be, be raised up, you know, in the Lord with him. And, but she had a passion for everything drama and, and wanting to really develop, develop a way for people to experience the arts by way of, of Christians. And, you know, in history, it was the Christians that were setting the pace for everything, fine arts and cinema and and music. And so, and fortunately Troy was, Troy and Jeff were very pro uh, that experience and encouraging Jenny in that. And so we, we had a lot of dramas. We had a lot of productions. We even on, on Wednesday nights for the kids ministry had, you know, the woodland creatures and these other uh, productions just to create a way for kids to learn and understand God's truths in simple ways and and fun and entertaining ways. And so I, Jenny wrote me in, she's like, Jared, you got to be on the drama team. I'm like, okay, Jenny, (laughs) with (laughs) reluctance, I will do this. You know, I'm I'm actually a pretty introverted guy. And, uh, but you know, sometimes when you get on stage, you just got to let it go and and do whatever is asked of you.
0: (laughs) You're an (laughs) introverted guy, but you've got Jared, you have hidden talents of like, you can make noises or like impersonations that are just uproarious. I die laughing. Yeah. You just yeah. you'll see something and you have an ability to just capture it. And so I can see why Jenny put you in there. I mean, it's 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 yeah. a, it is a talent. It,
1: I appreciate that, Mark. But <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And I'll say that. You know, to serve alongside guys like James Pusey and Oh Kevin yeah. Lee, so talented. And Tyler oh my Carter goodness. And, you know, Lynn Eller and all these, it was just a lot of fun. And even now I've got a D group of guys and this is crazy. I, I'm helping the salt company. What's crazy is a couple of the D group guys that I have weren't even born when I came to Iowa State, <laughs> <laughs> but they grew up through those years when we were doing dramas on Wednesday nights as kids. And so even, even this week, they were joking like you know, Hey Jared, you're the Fox, you know, and, and all of this kinds of thing. But I think it was just a lot of fun, you know, as Troy put it, we wanted to be all in, you know, with whatever God was doing uh, in our lives and and whatever our talents or resources, let's be all in. And that has hmm. been a consistent encouragement and theme throughout my tenure here at, at, uh, at Cornerstone is, you know, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, just be all in for what God is doing and so I just, you know, tried to serve in whatever way I could be faithful that
0: way. So give us some wisdom in that, that Jared, because you and Steph have been all in through various seasons and stages of Cornerstone, all in in a stage where there might be a bunch of drama. But now that's, we're not doing those. those are, now it's, mm-hmm. you've been all in in discipling college students and in pouring into couples and discipling people. And so was that hard for you to navigate like, cornerstone today isn't exactly what cornerstone was 15 years ago how how do you stay healthy and all in in like all of those stages
1: yeah and i suppose i suppose different people are going to react differently to that right so some people are going to really struggle with change and i get that i i kind of thrive in that a little bit i enjoy the new adventure and exploring and you know it to me it's it's okay, what's the new thing and, and how can we adapt and how can we adjust and how can we kind of follow the Lord's leading and where he's taking us? And and it is it is to me it's just a lot of fun to meet new people and experience new things. And so I I just I tell people, I say the one thing that changes at Cornerstone is that it changed or the one thing that's always true about Cornerstone is that it's always changing. And you know, with new staff and new people coming through, even even Ames is a very transient community. We've got new people coming in and out. And and um, so I just, I actually praise God for that because I don't want us to get to a place of, of being stagnant or, you know, or looking back and always, always drawing from the past, but looking forward and saying, God, what's next? What do you want? What do you want us to be about? What do you want us to do next? Who's the next person we should reach? Who should... The next person being small group and, you know, just that desire to really uh, draw people in to this vision uh, that we have of reaching the lost. That's
0: great. So, Jared, transition topics. You mentioned, you know, friends have been a central part of your life, you know, from when you came to Iowa State and just God gave you this group of friends. I mean, Stephanie, before you guys fell in love, you were just, you were friends. You, and that shows up in your marriage. You actually like each other. Like, I know couples who love each other, but sometimes you wonder, like, I don't know if you really like each other all that much. Uh, but you guys both love and like each other. And in our yeah. lives, I mean, you're one of my dearest friends. And so talk about friendship a little bit. Like, how do you build a great friendship? Why is friendship so important, you know? to you, to the Christian life. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about, about that.
1: Yeah. So early in life, so growing up on an acreage, we we didn't have a lot of people around us. You know, so we had to be pretty purposeful to invite people over, be hospitable, um, you know, inviting friends to our place. And, and um, but so this taste of new friendship at, when I came to college was so unique. Um, I I felt a little bit like I was the only Christian in my high school. And I know I wasn't, but I felt that way. And so when I came to Iowa State, to be surrounded by a great group of friends that were all pursuing the same thing and the accountability and encouragement was really, really helpful for me. And in fact, I would say it was probably the thing that propelled me the most in my faith uh, up until that point, um, because everybody was so sold out and passionate. And, uh, they wouldn't let you fall back. They wouldn't let you fall behind in that effort, you know, and, uh, calling you out and keeping you accountable. And so I think for, for, for me, uh, friendship has just been a real, um, a real special thing, uh, about being here at Cornerstone over the years. And, and yeah, and so I, you know, you can only have so many really good friends. You can have a lot of acquaintances, uh, but you can only have so many really good friends. And I think that's important because um, you need to be able to pour into these people's lives time and, you know, it just takes time and and you can only have so many pour into you. Um, So I think that's, that's been really uh, important for me. There was a a sermon that uh, Tim Keller gave about friendship and that was really impactful for me several years back. I heard that and, so friendship starts with something that you have in common and then from there it can grow and blossom into more and and sometimes those things that we have in common they they stop and so sometimes friendships stop uh, but we but but we always want them and we always want to continue in those uh, friendships and so but Jesus is the ultimate example my family and I have really enjoyed watching The Chosen and what I really appreciate about that is how they make Jesus out to be a friend. He's just yeah. so. Yeah. It's he's fascinating. He's with a friend to his disciples, you know, joking with them and laughing with them and calling them out on things. And um, so I just, I just really appreciate seeing even the gospel in, in friendship too. And, and so, um, so yeah, that's a little bit, I guess, about, yeah. about friendship.
0: Okay. Another thing about you that people may not know here is you not only love friendship, you love apologetics. And so actually I think this goes back in some ways to salt company days. Uh, So you, you listen to like guys like Greg Kokel, um, Mm -hmm. which we'll put a couple of these things in the show notes. So if people want like to get onto the, check out the Greg Kokel podcast, you send me podcasts from time to time that are just thoughtful. They're like, oh, that was really helpful and insightful. So why do you, what is what is the draw to that? why are you draw to that? and why how does that strengthen your faith, Jared, to tune into apologetics, Greg Cole, and some of those other voices?
1: Yeah, I think some of it has to do with my personality you know i'm I'm a thinker, I'm a learner, I just enjoy those kinds of of uh, yeah just just understanding and learning, uh, even understanding how things work and I'm really uh, interested in, you know, all things science and and uh, how God created, you know, the universe. And but I was introduced into apologetics while I was in college, and you know, just the idea of thinking deeper. Um, I think deeper faith comes from knowing God, understanding how He's created the universe and us. And I think it's essential for Christ follower to have reasons to believe what they believe. Uh, good solid reasons and have those reasons be able to be ready to give an answer uh, to people when they ask them so why do you believe what you believe and there's been times in my life where I've I've struggled with doubt and I've struggled with just trying to understand things that sometimes are, are very difficult for us to understand and and that in some ways would shake me a bit Um, But I would come back to the scriptures and I would come back to people that have studied those things and have a really good answer. And that just grounds me. That helps me, you know, in the difficult times to, to have an anchor. And so um, Greg Kokel actually came and led one of our salt company conferences one year. And uh, he talked about decision-making and the will of God. He's got a series about that. It was really helpful and and eye-opening for me. He also talked about, you know, never give a Bible verse, uh, when talking to people. And what he means by that is have the context of scripture and understand mm, the context fascinating. of what, what you're talking about. And, and he's got a weekly podcast where people call in with cultural questions, political questions, you know, religious questions. And he just meets the audience where they're at and tries to give a reason, um, you know, for understanding, uh, the Christian answers for things. And so, I, I'm a pretty practical guy, so when I meet people, I just want to get to know them, and then whatever they're into, I want to kind of meet them where they're at and try to find a way to possibly bridge bridge the gospel in and talk to them about those types of things. And so, it's helpful for me to have a, an understanding of of a good way to defend the faith um, in a culture that is really attacking the Christian faith and. Mm. So yeah, that podcast has been really helpful. Other guys like William Lane Craig have been really insightful for me. And uh, there's just so many, so many good resources out there. Um, Mm.
0: So yeah. I'm going to put a couple of those. We'll put the Coco podcast and some links to William Lane Craig and some of his material in the show notes if you guys are interested. So Jared, I'm going to give you the last question. So as elders here, one of the things we're doing is praying for the church. And asking God to grow us. And so as you're looking at Cornerstone right now, headed into 2021 and all that God has for us, how are you praying for Cornerstone Church? Where do you want to see us grow in this year together as a body?
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're at a unique time. Uh, we're really growing. The network um, is really pushing us uh, to grow and change and consider um, how we can reach other university centers and Uh, plant churches and and other salt companies. And so uh, clearly the hand of God has been on our church um, and has blessed us over the years. And so I think what I'm praying is that we would in turn be a blessing to others. And specifically, you know, we've paid off our, we've paid off our debt here at Cornerstone. We've, we've just got a unique um, opportunity, I think, to really be outward focused in our efforts um, to bless people and to start churches and to and to reach more people uh, with the gospel. And so I think the network and the vision to reach the next gen- generation of college students and families um, is probably the thing I find myself praying for the most at Cornerstone, you know, 1002 is a great reminder for us to be praying for those things. Um, there is clearly a need to reach the lost um, and so this is our way of doing that. Not everybody is doing this vision, but we have found a way to hopefully impact the kingdom and draw people in. Um, so, yeah, just, just the goal of being faithful kingdom citizens uh, mm. in that effort, I think is what I good. I want, you know, a faithful presence. Like you yes. shared some yes. a few weeks ago, I think that's really motivating for me and, uh, whether we're in vocational ministry or non-vocational ministry, I think the same goal is true. You know, how do we, how do we leave the aroma of Christ wherever we go and how do we draw people to Mm him? He's the greatest good anyone could ever want. So we need to bring that to them. Mm -hmm. And yes, Mm -hmm. that's, that's something I'm also finding myself praying for families and, you know, that's the stage of life I'm in praying for families and praying for marriages specifically. Um, is something that I you now I've told Steph I sometimes what's worshipful for me on on a Sunday morning is looking around and seeing other people that I know in our in our body worshiping the Lord and knowing their stories and just praising God for them and you know and and really just find myself worshiping him because of what he's done in their life.
0: Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. So. Well, Jared, you you and Steph are two uh, crystallized dearest friends, and we love you guys. And you mentioned, you know, just the constant challenge to be all in with what God's doing. I think you guys just exemplify that. you just people who said, "Okay, God, whatever you have for us, we're all in. We're going to say yes, and we're going to live with that kind of mentality to look outside ourselves." And you really are a model for me of what do, what do I hope people in our church become as a faithful presence in this community? You guys live that way. And so we love you. Great to spend some time with you on the podcast and uh, hope it was good for everybody there just to listen in, to get to know some of the elders who are here at Cornerstone. And Jared, again, thanks for being with us. Thanks for serving as an elder brother.
1: Yeah, well, praise God. I really appreciate the opportunity, Mark.